Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Multiverse of Nerdness. I'm Nick. And I'm Ryan. And we're back with another Marvel Monday, where we're going to discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 4, The Whole World is Watching. Captain Sam, you On your left. I'm with you to the end of the line, pal. What an episode, man. This is going to be another one of those victory laps of ours where not only half the shit in the episode was stuff we said was going to happen, but then the other half is them talking about shit we were talking about last week. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, WandaVision in the sense that, you know, about halfway through, this is kind of how we were feeling there, too. Like, we were uh, hitting on a lot of the stuff we were saying. It also caused us to take some big swings for what might be coming. <laughs> I think that that might temper how we predict what's going forward here, but but we'll see. Yeah, I loved everything about this episode. I think it might be the strongest one so far. It gets better each episode. Yeah, it really does. Again, the performances get a little more nuanced and get a little better. The geopolitics of the whole thing gets deeper. And that weird sense of just like wrongness of John Walker having that shield. Yeah. And even the conversations about the shield in this episode are very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as we said, the title of the episode is The Whole World is Watching. Uh, I almost want to just throw a Hamilton reference out there and subtitle it History Has Its Eyes on You. Yeah, obviously the title is a direct reference to what happens at the very end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but I think we should start right at the beginning with Wakanda six years ago. Was very happy to see them incorporating Wakanda. But what a beautiful scene between Bucky and Io, where she's there to protect Wakanda if he flies off the handle. But more mm-hmm. so, she's there to be there for Bucky as he goes through this. And what I loved about that scene was... At first, he's crying because as she goes through the words, he's remembering all of the people he's killed. And then he's crying because it didn't turn him into the Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. It is a really great scene. And then she's like, you're free. Yeah. My only issue, the only thing I take umbrage with in that scene is that, I mean, I get Io being there, but that should have been Shuri. Now, I also get the idea that they they wouldn't want her near him when they were trying to make sure that his activation shit didn't work anymore. But then again, the person who says the words controls him. But there's also a certain poetry to the one that is helping Bucky being the one who was there to protect King T'Chaka when he mm-hmm. ultimately was killed. So there's yeah, absolutely there's a certain symmetry there. So it actually kind of makes sense because also, you yeah, get a. I, I can I can describe to that. Okoye and Shuri and even T'Challa, they can't all be in every place all at once. So some stuff's going to have to get farmed out a little bit. And as Shuri mentions in Black Panther, she already fixed the broken white boy, and now it's somebody else's job to you know put the rest <laughs> of the pieces back together. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Bucky and Io strike a deal. She gives him eight hours. He's a means to an end. I thought that was fair. I really enjoyed the conversation they have where it's really about her trying to get him to appreciate the great shame the Dora still have for the death of King T'Chaka. And like, yeah, you're going to give us Zemo. And it's because we need to avenge that shame. 
it's very, very similar to, you know, the whole thing with Claw. The fucking Wakandans hold grudges and you will pay <laughs> the Piper eventually. They do not care how long it takes. So they strike their deal and then Bucky goes back to the little apartment there where Zemo <laughs> and Sam are. Zemo in the bathrobe. <laughs> Every, just anything Zemo, I am yeah. just enjoying the hell out of. Absolutely incredible. I'm loving every second of it. And so is Daniel Brule. And that's what oh, makes yeah. it great. Like he's having an absolute blast and you can tell. But the whole conversation that they have about super soldiers and the idea that if you want to be a super soldier, you already have the idea of being a supremacist in mind. And the serum is going to do nothing but bring that out in you. And then that entire conversation about how, you know, this breeds super soldiers and Ultron and the Avengers. Nazis. In the Nazis. And then they have that moment where (laughs) Sam says, hey, you're talking about our friends. And Bucky says, the Avengers, not the Nazis. Not the Nazis. Yeah, I thought that was great. Now, before that, before the, actually that part of the conversation, there's one thing I wanted to point out. Zemo says, I have the will to complete this mission. Do the two of you? And Sam replies, she's just a kid. Now, I stopped my rewatch. I stopped and I paused it. And something occurred to me that hadn't quite occurred to me until then. A handful of times in this show, and not every time, but a handful of times, Sam has reacted, responded, or acted precisely as Steve Rogers would have in a situation. Yeah. And it's not always, but quite a few times. And then I I don't know why I wrote this line down, but it just occurred to me, don't look at me. I do what he does just slower. It's really the whole thing here, and this episode very much so in particular, is really trying to flesh out the idea that Sam is the guy for the shield. And there's another spot, too. I've got it here in my notes where I mark it down again. I'm like, yet another situation where, you know, Sam responds, acts, or reacts the same exact way that Steve Rogers would have. I also love in that conversation at the beginning there with Zemo and Sam and Bucky, they specifically talk about Cap because they get talking about super soldiers. Mm -hmm. And then Bucky says, well, hey, what about Steve? The serum never corrupted Steve. And even Zemo says, touche, but there's never been another Steve Rogers has there. That's another one of those like moments of dialogue that boils down the whole thing of what this show is about. Captain America is an ideal that is only achievable by somebody as good as Steve Rogers. And when you put that symbol in the wrong hands, it can have devastating, horrific consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like uh, Dr. Erskine said. It amplifies the man. What is good, it makes great. What is bad, makes it worse. So, I mean, we could have another Red Skull on our hands. Yeah, we could have several abominations on our hands. Not, you know, let's not forget that the abomination was created with the, you know, the serum used for the Hulk, which was, in fact, an attempt to recreate the super soldier serum. Yeah, that's very true. Also, everything about the conversation about Sam's TT is <laughs> pretty much fantastic. My your TT, TT would your be TT? proud of you. <laughs> your TT would be proud. <laughs> And then I like what comes next when you see the members of the Flag Smashers learning on the news report that they've killed innocents, they've killed the fathers of young children, and that all it's done is spurred on the changes that they were fighting against. It literally did nothing. All it did was cost innocent lives. Two things about that. One, I like how they find that out on everybody's favorite plot device, which is the Exposition Radio News Network. Absolutely. 
And the second thing is the only thing it made me think of is there's a great moment in an episode of the West Wing where the West Wing crew gets in a situation where they're having a conversation with a bunch of high school kids and they're talking about terrorism. And one of them asks Rob Lowe's character, Sam Seaborn, she says, You know a lot about terrorism? I dabble. What are you struck by most? It's 100% failure rate. Really? Not only do terrorists always fail at what they're after, they pretty much always succeed in strengthening whatever it is they're against. And if you think about it, that's absolutely correct, because the first thing people do when they get attacked by a terrorist is rally around the thing that the terrorists were trying to attack. Yeah. Yeah. Human nature. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But it's an interesting point. You know, terrorists, terrorists keep doing the same shit, but it really they don't get anywhere. It's not like they change minds with the shit that they do. Yeah, that's excellent point. That's exactly Carly's problem is she doesn't realize that. She's not going to change minds by going about. Sam even says to her, I agree with your fight. I just can't get with the way you're fighting it. Yeah. When we when we get to that scene, that's that I thought was very well done. And it again, there was another moment, the scene where they go to get the serum. And I actually wrote in my notes here that I was almost softening on the flag smashers again at the start of this scene. But that all stopped at the line. Someone that understands today's heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. And I actually answered it and said, actually, they do. That's why they're heroes and you're villains. Yeah, but you can appreciate why they think that. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. I mean? and, and, and it's been sort of this now almost tradition of Marvel villains that they are the perspective villains now. You can understand motivation and they're not just, it's like, it's like we keep comparing to, it's not the Joker who just wants to see the world burn and laugh. Right, but we, yeah, we, we've been talking about this now once a week and now it is overt. They're saying the same shit we've been saying and they're now saying it outright. Like everything about this is perspective. Sam agrees with Carly. Sam would be on Carly's side if she wasn't killing people. And Zemo, because he blames the Avengers for the death of his family, because he believes they have a craven lack of interest in basic human life. That's the way he perceives how they go about the way they do things. He has a vested interest in no more super soldiers whatsoever. Yeah. And so his motives are very clear. That speech he gives about them being supremacists, he's not completely wrong. He might be, his perspective might be jaded, but it's not incorrect. No, no. I mean, and and here's the thing is it might not necessarily be spot on, but it's, it's, he's not exactly wrong. No, he's not wrong. You know, and I think, I think that there's more exception than he's willing to allow for and i also thought it was interesting when stam said if that's how you feel about super soldiers what about bucky yeah and he doesn't really are you gonna kill him too yeah yeah now i want to just jump back real quick because we sort of jumped ahead a little bit i wanted to mention zemo being able to get the info from the kids with the turkish delight once again Baron Zemo singing Bob Bob, Bob, Black. Bob Black She is literally yeah. everything I need. Can I get the Zemo cut of that, please? Continue the Zemo verse. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm with it now. I am all I am all about continue the Zemo verse. <laughs> and then oh, when they get back inside polling I've seen on the internet lately is Marvel oh. trolling DC for that. Yeah, release the Zemo release cut the now Zemo continue cut. the Zemo verse. <laughs> oh my god. Now, when they get back inside, I just, I like the part where uh, Zemo and Bucky are kind of arguing a little bit. And Bucky, you know, throws his glass against the wall and says, I'll show you, you know, what somebody can do with leverage. And 
Falcon stops him and says, don't engage. He's just going to extort you and do that stupid head tilt thing. And as soon as he says that, he tilts his head straight back up. <laughs> he does. I just I thought that was hilarious. And then something that we've both talked about before, Sharon says the way in the way she says it, yeah. don't apologize. Just find Carly. I, okay. I, I now we both believe this. We've talked about this. I believe and I know you believe, too, that Sharon is the power broker. Well, it's the line where she says the power broker went ape shit when he found out Zemo killed Nagel. And it's like, how do you know that exactly? Oh, that's right. Because you're the power you're broker. The power broker. Yeah. I think it would make a lot of sense. And I think that's probably the biggest swing I'm going to take right now. Mine too. Uh, there, there, yeah. There, and there's been talk of there's going to be a big cameo in episode five. I don't know who it is. And I'm, 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 at this point, reticent to take a big swing at it, but oh. there's going to be a cameo. Maybe Rhodey coming back. I don't know. Yeah, if anything, I would say maybe Rhodey, but I'm I'm hedging my bets on what they consider a big cameo right now. Yeah, Let's General see. Ross is a very very distinct possibility, but I don't yeah. think that they can say like how big of a cameo do you consider that? You know what I mean? Yeah, just because he was a, just because he was in a couple MCU movies, that doesn't necessarily make it a huge. Uh, I mean, it is William Hart, and he's a good yeah. actor, and and having him on a TV show, I would guess, would make a big cameo. I mean, it's a name. Yeah, it's true. But the biggest swing I'm willing to take is that it's almost certainly going to be somebody we've already seen, as opposed to like bringing in a new character. New character. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I would have to agree with that. Now uh, that scene oh. when Carly retrieves the serum, I actually paused and counted. And there were 12 vials of serum left. They did make eight out of the 20 thus far. The thing that I couldn't get over with that was you have them in a fanny pack. <laughs> really? Like, Carly puts on literally. And, I, and for a second there, I honestly was like, you're not really going to wear that around the front. Right. And then she flips it around. And I was like, okay, all right, good, good. It's a European carry all. <laughs> it's not a purse. It's <laughs> European. <laughs> oh goodness so yeah so walker arrives now walker shows up Ugh. and and what i love is hoskins continuously the voice of reason and to me personally now you called this what was about to happen to me personally if i hadn't I feel like if you hadn't called it i would have started to see it right there it, it, it just felt like it was coming then but you you have seen this for an episode or two now saying that and we talked about it last week how we felt that it was going to galvanize him one way or the other and i think that we we can we'll see in a few minutes just exactly which way it pushed him also right before that before he fucking shows up i love that whole conversation that carly has about how the shield is a monument to a bygone era yeah and they're really leaning heavily into what happened during the blip and how, and Sam even gets talking about it too. He totally understands why they're so pissed off because they felt like finally they were part of a community because the world was coming together and the world was healing itself. But then the minute everybody got back, they got booted right to back the to normal. Yeah. once again, as always. Yeah, and yeah they, we don't need you now. Thanks. They have every right to be pissed off. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's also up. very realistic. This is what would happen. And also, at the same time, I'm a little bit interested just to find out how does Carly have so much knowledge about Sam? Did I miss the scene where she finds out that his house is being taken and where his sister lives and where she spends her time and who her well, kids are? And when is we, that? When did I miss that? 
we do know that she has hackers in her group. Oh, okay. were, so that's when, the whole thing is that that's what I would assume when, when they got to that safe house there and that guy jumped on the computer, it was like, I'm taking all our aliases off the web. and was just tickling away on the, on the keyboard. Okay. So I get it. That that's what, how we were supposed to infer yeah. that that's where she gets all that knowledge from. I, I would assume. Because for um, a second there, I was like, who is feeding her this info? Yeah, because that's like she knew about the backyard and right down by the docks. And yeah, when Sam and Carly are talking, first off, Sam was correct that he should be the one to talk to Carly at his history of, of working with vets and things like that. I think he was the perfect person to try to talk to her. But one of the things he said brought me back to the point about him saying and acting just like Steve Rogers. It's not a better place if you're killing people. It's just different. And I felt like I could see Steve Rogers saying that exact line. Also, how weird is it that they've set up a scenario where like every time you even hear the voice of John Walker, your new Captain America, when he comes on screen, you're just like, ugh, God. You know, you get this like pit in your stomach whenever you see that shield on his back because he's just fully awful. He just you because, you know, you know that every situation they're in is about to get worse. Yeah. And and frankly, he's such a whiny little bitch. Oh, what a yeah. What a complete dick he is. Oh, my God. Don't, that, don't do that. Don't condescend to me. Fuck you. I liked when he handcuffed Zemo to the pipe and Zemo was like aggressive. But I get it. I get it. But I get it. Yeah, like the Baron. <laughs> yeah. He's basically, Zemo might, might as well have been like, you have a tiny penis. I understand. I get it. You're compensating. Yes, I understand. <laughs> the compensation. You have a huge chin, but no penis. I get it. I understand. Well, we start doing whatever you like. We start doing Zemo. He somehow becomes comic the triumph. I mean, I triumph the comic insult now. <laughs> that is an amazing chin you have for me to poop on. For me to poop on. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Yeah. So I just have in my notes after when Walker shows up during that conversation, I just have in big capital letters fucking Walker. Also, yeah. But you might as well also have in parentheses this situation is about to be fucked. Because Bucky can tell John Walker is off. I like that whole moment, too, where he comes in and he's like, something's off about Walker. And Sam's like, do you think so? <laughs> he's like, because I know crazy. Because I am crazy. But when Zemo shoots Carly and then destroys the serum, I spent a good amount of time, because I'm a nerd and I'm one of the co-hosts of a podcast called The Multiverse of Nerdness, and these are the type of things we look at. I paused it and rewound it and paused it and rewound it and did my best to count and to make sure or to get try to get an accurate count of exactly how many of those vials were destroyed. And at first, I felt like I could only account for the whereabouts of nine of the 12 vials. But upon going back again and looking, it looked like the sort of ones around the edges that didn't look like they got stomped on at first. When John Walker shows up and they show the scene again, it looks like those ones are broken kind of off to the side too. So I am left with the assumption that unless Carly still has one on her, that one that John Walker had was the last one. That they know of. That they know of. Yeah. Because I still, I still want to believe that by the end of this, especially because of the foreshadow of Zemo asking him, would you take the serum? And he instantly said no. And Zemo's no hesitation. Impressive. And this is precisely why I do not want Sam to get that serum. 
I do not want Sam to be a super soldier in any way, shape, or form. I want Sam to continue to be in the exact same vein as Widow and Hawkeye, where he's just fully badass because he is who he is. And he just learns how to throw that fucking shield. Like, that's what I want out of my Captain America. He's just a badass dude. No frills. He just knows how to use his tech and use his gear and manage to not get himself killed. And I like that so much better for Sam Wilson than him becoming a soup. There's something about it that I, that's what I want. I, I get it. And I get your perspective on that. But at the same time, I actually want him to take the serum. And one of the reasons why is because I believe that Sam is like Steve in the sense that Sam is a good man. So he will take it and it'll only sort of increase the good qualities. And that way, Sam can take the shield from John Walker. Because as it stands now, I mean, it seems like it'd probably have to be Bucky that takes it and then gives it back to Sam. I see your point. Absolutely. And I don't doubt that Sam is absolutely a good enough man where he would go the same route as Steve. But I just really, I really like the notion that... Steve has this thing about him that makes him singularly unique with that serum. Do you know what sure. I mean? Like because that he was the one who could who could sort of he could, could, could withstand it. the effects. Yeah. Goodness of Steve Rogers could withstand and outlast and override anything else that would otherwise have turned him down the path of becoming a supremacist or in any way you know, an egomaniac. Because or, he can do this all day. Exactly. But he's still, the bottom line is he's still always held on to, I don't like bullies. Yeah. And that was always his thing. And I think Sam would be the same way. I really, really think it's interesting. The idea that both him and Bucky are struggling with that whole concept of we can't live up to who Steve was. Or who Steve thought that we were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not even just the legend of Steve Rogers, but because they put Steve on such a pedestal, his opinion of them is so important and to them is such a gold standard that they just feel like without Steve there, they can't live up to it. It's almost they, like Steve's shine kind of gives them that little extra boost. They believe what made them better was basically being on his wing. And they don't realize that they are just as good and they could they can stand on their own without him. Yeah, that they made him better. Yeah. And what I think we're going to find with the next couple episodes of the show is that's what they're going to learn and realize for themselves is that Steve is gone and they're the best ones to take up his mantle and be what he was and yeah. be that shining example. Absolutely. Now, in this next scene, when, when they come, you know, Zemo's coming to and, uh, you know, they're they're in the apartment again and uh, we get back, back to you shouldn't have given him the shield. I didn't give him the shield. Well, Steve definitely didn't. Then Walker and Battlestar come in. Walker shows up. Yes. Falcon jumping right up and saying, let's get something straight. Shield or no shield. The only thing you're running is your mouth. I like that line too. But then, listen, I wanted to fight Walker when he said, how do you want the rest of this conversation to go, Sam? Should I put the shield down? Make it fair? Yeah. And you know what? Because up to that point, I don't believe he has yet taken the serum. Sam no, he hasn't yet. Sam would have kicked his lily white ass. Oh, you yeah. Know even, that even without sure. the suit on. Yeah. Even without yeah. the suit on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, Sam could have done that in the jeans and leather jacket he's wearing and not even have broken his sweat. Yeah. And then enter the Dora Milaje. Yeah. And Ooh. they're there for their prize. And I uh, understandably so. 
And then fucking Walker does the dumbest thing you could do oh in the history God. of dumb things to do and touches of Kendora Malaje. Well, touches her after he just patronizes the shit out of her. Let's put the pointy sticks down. Yeah. I was like, oh, bad. When he said that, when he reduced their spears to the pointy sticks, I was like, they're about to fuck you up, dude. Sam tried to tell him. He said, Yo, Walker, back off. Back you off. might want to fight Bucky before you take on one of these. Yeah. And then they proceed to just whoop his ass. <laughs> I love Sam. We should do something. Bucky says, look at Strong, John. That was the best. That was absolutely the greatest. Look at Strong, John. <laughs> and then uh, Zemo pulls an El Chapo. Uh, okay. The coolest thing, though, that I've seen for this entire series thus far is when the one Dora Milaje throws the spear through the handle of the shield into mm-hmm. the table and then Walker can't get it out. And then yeah. she just comes over and rips the spear right out. Yeah, no problem. And then he has that he has that crybaby moment where he where Battlestar goes to pick him up off the floor and he's like, they weren't even super soldiers. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, that's what you get for underestimating, man. You what he saw was some women with spears, and he didn't take them seriously because yeah. he didn't know. And Betty Betty knows now. Yeah, and what he doesn't know is that he's lucky he's not friggin' dead. Yeah. And then Io takes off Bucky's arm in the fight. Oh, yeah. And then what did she say? Boss, damn you, James. That was rough, too. Yeah. Yeah. After, after all that kind of, you know, the with the moment they had shared. And then she says that. So he's he might not be a friend of Wakanda right now. No, I'm pretty sure he's persona non grata in Wakanda right now. Yeah. And then Carly calls Sarah, as we talked about. And they have their conversation, which I liked in the sense that I like how Sam's sister handled it. She just told, you know, if you believe anything, believe my brother is not working for that man. Well, before that, I like the thing that Carly likes about Sarah is the exact same thing I like about Sarah, where Sarah says, why should I care? That America doesn't care about me. Why should I give a damn about their mascot? It's very true. It's very, very true. When Sarah calls Sam and Sam says, Get to somewhere safe, use cash, whatever. At no point does he say, call Rhodes or Banner or Clint. Yeah. Like, there are Avengers. This is his family. So, like, I feel like at that point, at least Rhodey, he would have called Rhodey and said, I need you to go and scoop up my sister and my nephews and put them in protective custody for a minute and then get your ass over here. It's a little bit of the Iron Man 3 problem. Yeah, like, like there's such a big world now. It's almost ridiculous to see somebody like Lone Wolf in it right now, even though there's two of them, but still. No, you're right. Especially when they, again, they can't be two places at once and it's his family. So yeah, he would definitely have either called Rhodey or hell, even Pepper. And <laughs> just be like, hey, yeah. I, I need, you know. Something, send, 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 send half the Iron send, Legion. Yeah, send one of the Iron Legion, exactly. Like, where's spider-man where's where's clint like well spider-man's on the run but still yeah Give where's strange Jack? yeah can you do the spinny thing and go get my sister and my nephews and just bring them somewhere for a minute or better yet have him be like hey uh i need some help where's wanda and then they tell him what happened with wanda and he's like say what now wanda's been <laughs> yeah. where 
Nobody thought it'd be a good idea to tell on that one. You know, nobody wanted to throw me a heads up. <laughs> Captain Marvel can't come flying in. See, Captain Marvel is like the one Avenger who you can actually give a case to, like why she's unavailable. Everybody else, though, it's like, where the fuck you been, dude? Get my ass kicked all over the place. Exactly. Sarah makes the call to Sam. She sends uh, Sarah away to safety, reminds her that I will not let anything happen to you or the boys, which I don't believe, of course, that he would. You also get the sense that Carly's not going to do anything to harm Sarah or the children either. No, that was almost like making the point of why she called Sarah. Yes. Because I need him to know that I'm serious, so now he'll come alone. Exactly. But there's no way she was ever going to harm those kids. No. Oh, and then they get to the place where Carly is, and then Walker and Lamar show up, and Lamar almost immediately gets captured. And then we can see that Walker took the serum because he throws the shield, and it resembles the half-shield wall light that Marvel has been shilling for a few years now. I have one of those. Yeah, you know, it's like the crack, like the way it went into the wall. It's like they just like literally took it off the page of like the advertisement and just slapped it right on the wall. But I also like the demonstration that like clearly he's had the serum that wall is supposed to be concrete and it's yeah, fucking just, stuck halfway <laughs> through it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't just get like just like stuck in a little bit, like it's halfway in. Yeah, there. no, it's it's buried in that concrete wall and then he rips it right out like it's no big deal. And that is clearly not what had just happened against the door of Melage when he got his ass handed to him. And then he's still a whiny bitch. What's with all the knives? I liked that, though. I actually liked that line. I thought that was kind of funny. What's with all the knives? (laughs) So then Lamar gets himself loose with a knife. How great was it when Captain Leno bounces the knife that gets thrown at him off the shield and Bucky catches it in midair? That was a sick Mm -hmm. move. That was like a Russo Brothers kind of a throwback move. It was very reminiscent of the kind of shit that happens in Winter Soldier. All the fighting in this one is very is very reminiscent of Winter Soldier because it's got that visceral, hard hitting like, ooh, damn, that one would hurt kind of a fighting style. Yeah, absolutely. So Lamar gets loose, uh, gets back into the fray, and then Carly punches Lamar across the room. He hits a stone pillar, and the lights go out. And then you notice, in a weird way, in a now people get killed all the time in these fights. But when Lamar hits the post, everybody stops. Because fundamentally, these flag smashers, they don't want to kill people. And they specifically don't, they don't want to kill people like this. They feel as though they kind of have to. But I feel like when she really wants to kill Captain America, that doesn't really include Battlestar. I don't think she was honestly planning on killing Battlestar. I think he was supposed to be leverage at best. And you can clearly tell after she does that, that that was not her intention. Plus, everybody has that record screech moment where it's like, oh, you done fucked up. Reminded me of an old Dumbledore line. Murder is never as easy as the innocent believe. So I think that when by her own hands, now this wasn't, we talked about this, like this wasn't setting a bomb and being out of there when it went off. This was the direct result of killing him with your own hands. And that's, I mean, listen, you're still taking a life, but that's different. Yeah. And you can tell because then she just runs, but you know, just based off of Walker's reaction, you know, he's going to kill one of them. You know, whichever one he catches, he's going to kill. And then he does in that moment at the end. And that moment, dude, that final scene of the episode gave me chills. 
Yeah. Well, see, here's the difference between a hero and a villain. T'Challa had claw with a circle full of people with cell phones and all that. And he stopped, put his claws away and left. John Walker did not. John Walker walked up and very eerily reminiscent to Captain America and Iron Man and Civil War. When Cap brings the shield smashing down to smash the arc reactor in Stark's chest. Except he smashes this dude's face. Yeah, he brought it down on this dude's friggin' head. And also, the scene where all the people gather around the cameras, the parallels to today freaked me out. Like, the way that this is written for the times is utterly incredible. That you have big, white Captain America smashing this man's face and killing him in front of a crowd full of people with cell phones. Showing utterly no remorse. I'm just so intrigued as to see where this goes next week. What what are they going to do with Captain America? Where is he supposed to go now? And what are they going to do with that shield? Like that shield is now evidence in a murder. Mm-hmm. Just what they're doing with the shield is fascinating. But the parallels to our times right now, this is the darkest show or the darkest moment, at least. Mo- yeah. yeah, definitely the darkest moment of the MCU. But I think we can safely say that Falcon and Winter Soldier is the darkest property that the MCU has released thus far. Even Black Panther is dark, but it's not this dark for this long. As we said, this is the departure from escapist. This is, we're holding a mirror up to the world. We really are. They're really going for it. And there's something to be said for that. It's a, listen, that's a, that's a risk. Because you don't know how that's going to play. Oh, I this, this could have fallen so flat. It really could have. Uh, yeah, and they've really set themselves up on a higher wire here too, though, because they have to stick this landing now. They oh, have yeah. uncorked a lot of questions here in these first four episodes, and they now have two hours to wind this down in a satisfying way and also do justice to these themes that they've opened. And it's going to be really interesting. I think they can do it. I honestly, I really do think that they have it in them to do it, but it's going to be really impressive to watch them try because it's going to be really something to see if they can actually like wind this all down. Do you think that this show, I I could make the case that they could do a season two of Falcon and Winter Soldier, depending on how this ends. I I would think so. And the, the real question is, does the, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a season two, it could be a movie. But the way they're doing things now is it, is it could be a movie that ends up just getting released on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's my thing is that I don't think they have, I really still don't think they have the faith in Falcon and the Winter Soldier to give them a big budget blockbuster film. Because there is a difference between spending $250 million on a two-hour movie Versus $250 million on a six-episode television show. It's still the same. Slow down and show the narrative. And, and still, you could bring in you know, to fill, up, fill in and spice up and all that. Exactly. But it's still the same absurd amount of money. But mm. spread out over much more of an area. And it's not the complete financial gamble that a $250 million opportunity to get your money back. Is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Plus, for your return on your investment. Yeah, I suspect that Disney Plus is raking it in. Would imagine. Okay, so next week, do we think it's going to start with like Captain America under arrest? Or maybe at least on the run? Yeah. Or, or with, with the government condemning his actions? Yeah, he's in some trouble. 
or maybe even having the balls to call on Falcon and the Winter Soldier to bring Captain America in. Or having the balls to go like have Falcon and Winter Soldier going to bat as character witnesses trying to spin why what he did was okay. But I don't think they're going to do that either. But I also feel like if they're if they're going to try to bring him in, they've got to send Rhodes. They've got to. Oh yeah, that I think you're absolutely right about that. I, I would think so anyway. But. I feel like you, they're, you're setting up a scenario where you're going to get Rhodes come in and chastise Sam for not taking the shield too. Yeah, you know? every, everybody's picking on Sam. Yeah, I think it's finally going to be like Sam's going to just hit his breaking point and be like, "All right, I, I get it. I'll do it. Fine." <laughs> You know what would be great is if old man Steve showed up. Because you know how that shield is a little different? Like the pattern on the star is a little different? Mm-hmm. What if Steve was like, fine, here's my friggin' shield. Like that one was yours, but you gave it away. Here's mine. And then Falcon's got that one, like the real one. I'll tell you what, if their big, you know, super cameo for next week that they are claiming is going to happen is old man Steve, that'll count. That'll count as a big ass yeah. cameo. Absolutely. Now, listen. That I mean, there was talk a while back. Remember that he had signed on to do something with Marvel and Disney Plus, and yeah, he denied he, it. But you know, and then he denied it, and it is just like them to do that kind of fake out kind of a thing, and then actually drop him into this show. Yeah, the big surprise. And if they do drop him into this show, I really want him to tell Sam that you know. He's been to an alternate reality where he has seen Sam Wilson as the Captain America and what a great job he's done. And that's where that shield comes from. And that would blow my mind if they start to like unfurl the the multiverse a little bit more with yeah. that kind of a moment. Oh, absolutely. Because Steve would be one of the people who could actually make Sam think about what it might actually be like if he was Captain America by telling him, I've seen that you already are. Yeah, and, and you could do it, and you can do it. And, and you can do it, it, and you are doing it in a different universe. Yeah, that could. I think that could absolutely happen. God, do I want them to do a fucking Captain America in <laughs> Fixing the timeline. Oh, wouldn't that just be like the most incredible miniseries they could do for your Disney oh, absolutely. Plus? Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I'm a Cap guy. Yeah, I know. I know. So, you know, I'd be in for it, dude. Throw the same 300 million at six episodes. And oh, man, that could be absolutely incredible. I have to change my shorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You and everybody else. Also, have you seen the newest trailer for Black Widow? I don't know if I've seen the newest one. I mean, I've certainly seen many of them over the time that this movie has been delayed. Okay, so the newest one does this whole thing where like it's like voiceover and everything. And they're showing flashbacks to the you know widow's previous films and everything mm-hmm. and then they do this thing where they like show her in that moment with hawkeye on the cliff on vormir where they're looking at each other right before she says let me go and as they're looking at each other then it like flashes back to the events of the black widow movie and i think that i'm gonna be right and that's how they're actually gonna do this movie i think <laughs> that it's going to be a flashback right from that scene. I think the entire events of Black Widow are going to take place in the time it takes for Widow to drop from Let Me Go with Hawkeye before she and actually... That's kind of heartbreaking because you're gonna, we're, if they do that, like we're going to see like the beginning of that scene at the start of the movie, 
And then we're going to watch the movie. We're going to go through that whole journey and almost probably forget at the, the end that we're going to go right back now and watch her fall. I really think that's where they're headed, though. I think that's what's going to happen. I think if this is going to be a powerful, emotionally, you know, emotionally powerful journey, I would think. But it's also like really the very definition of a swan song for the widow character. You know what I mean? If we have her big moment, her solo outing on her own happens in the your life flashing before your eyes moment. Because I got to say, widow was the death that nobody saw coming. I mean, I saw cap or tony even thor i could have made the case where i was like okay i can see one of these guys biting it but i was not prepared for widow at all even remotely and and that one just totally levels you when you watch it's it's vormir because i wasn't prepared for gamora's death either no i wasn't either that what a scene that was listen i know we always praise endgame but when she starts laughing at Thanos, she's like, you then, asked the universe for your prize and it said no. Yeah. And she's like, and then she sees him crying. She's like, tears? She, yeah, really? She's giving shit about it. They're not for him. And then you could just see the realization. What a good performance by Zoe Saldana in that moment. You can just see the slow turn of realization on her face. Mm-hmm. And she's, no, no, this isn't love. It's like, I'm sorry. I put off my destiny once and I can't do it again. Not even for you. But then once Endgame happens, you realize how they're going to bring Gamora back into it. But at the same time, in the same way, you also realize they're not going to do that with Widow. This is for real. It was a permanent exchange. Yeah. But when I saw the new trailer, that's all I could think of was like, I really think that's how they're going to do it, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think I think it really would be a neat way to do it. I think that's about it for this episode. We're really excited, I'm, I'm sure, to see where we're going for episode five and six and to see who this kind of big mystery cameo is. Fingers crossed for old man Steve. That's, but at this point, I'd take just about anybody. That's really where my hope is going, is that we're really going to get like old man Steve. Either that or Shuri. Shuri would be another yeah, really Shuri would be a good one. Absolutely. We always said uh, Everett, Everett Ross. Not, uh, not Everett Ross, uh, uh Secretary Ross. Secretary Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No relation. Well, I mean, or frankly, could be it could be Everett Ross as well. Mar- uh, Martin uh, Martin Freeman. You could absolutely make the case that he would show up in this particular scenario. He's dealt he's with got all Wakanda the connections. So. He's dealt with all the principal players involved before. Since yeah, with Bucky was, and Zemo, and at one point he was in charge of watching Zemo. Yeah, so so that could, that could, he could definitely be him. I could absolutely see him like show up and just walk up to Bucky and be like, really? Like you let him out. Like, really? Come on, man. Come on. You're killing me. Oh, I just, and I don't know how they would make it make sense, but I would also accept Owen Wilson from the TVA. I'm so excited for the Loki show. I really yeah. cannot yeah, that, wait. That looks great. The only thing that I, I mean, I think it's great that Owen Wilson is playing a member of like the time variance authority. I think that's kind of fun. Just the idea of, him being a time traveler. But what I was really hoping when they announced that he was going to be in it, since I knew already that it was going to be a show about like Loki moving through history. I was really hoping that Owen Wilson was going to play Owen Wilson. And it was going to be like (laughs) Loki somehow meets Owen Wilson and somehow manages to end up going like traveling through time with Owen Wilson. Budding up with Owen Wilson. Yeah, exactly. 
I would have really like somehow Vince Vaughn makes it in there at some point, yeah. <laughs> just for a cameo or two. But oh, I would yeah. really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that would have been great. I still wow. think that's great. Wow, we're going through time. Wow, this is crazy. Things are flying by. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right. Well, thank you for joining us, folks. As always, if you liked it, smash that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. Write a review. Give us a quick five favorites. star rating. Yes, let everybody know we're out there. Shoot us an email at multiverseofnerdness at gmail.com and check us out on the Instagram at multiverseofnerdness. Yes, and we will be back next week with another edition of Marvel Monday. Yes, we certainly will. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff on the horizon, so keep your eyes out for that. And also, our Instagram page is a good source of information to see what's coming up on the horizon and also do some fun polls and things like that. Just an overall good time. It's really just a way for you and my wife to disagree on who the best Dumbledore is, as far as I've seen. But anyway, yes, no, stop on by, folks, so that it's not just my wife yelling at me and saying, Nick is wrong, Nick is wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, if people could stop by, it's not going to stop her from saying that Nick is wrong, but that's fine, because dissenting opinions is one of the things that this show is about. That's is very that true. We don't all have to agree, but we can all, you know, share this kind of nerdy space, and it's a safe space. It is. It is. It is a safe space for us nerds. That's what we're here yes. for. Let your freak flag fly. Yes, the wise man once told me, if you're, if you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. If you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Amen. And on that note, you have <laughs> well, yourselves a yeah. wonderful week, friends, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.